You're listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast, a weekly show of our Sunday sermons that give you a way to connect with God, grow in faith, and find wholeness. Thanks for joining us. Here's the message. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Mission Gathering Christian Church. My name is Lauren, L-O-R-E-N. It's a bit of an unorthodox, unorthodox name for a male. And trust me, I heard that enough growing up. Oh, you've got a girl's name. For a while, I took solace in the fact that my name, spelled L-O-R-E-N, was different from most females I knew of the same name, who spelled theirs L-A-U-R-E-N. But as I began meeting more and more females who also had their name spelled L-O-R-E-N, I had to let that go too. Interestingly enough, in college, uh, in Bible college, there was also another Lauren in my class, Lauren Davis. So I don't know where you are, Lauren Davis, but hope you're doing well out there. Uh, now, if you know me, you know I'm also a junior. My father is Lauren Richmond Sr. I was named after him. And interestingly enough, a few months ago, I was doing some uh, research on my family history, Ancestry.com, and I found that he was actually named after a Lauren earlier in our family tree. I guess the story is this Lauren died tragically of a drowning accident, and my dad was named after him. So yeah, I'd call my dad when I saw the news and said, hey, what's the story here? Were you named after him? And sure enough, he was. And while my name has some history in my family, you know, truth be told, as much as I've spent my entire life having to get over my name misspelled, if I'm honest, it does bug me sometimes when my name is misspelled or I misgendered as a female. And while I laugh it off, I do kind of begrudgingly laugh it off every time it happens. And I was thinking about this the other, the other day that as, as much as it bothers me, I can only imagine how much it bothers our trans friends who I can't imagine how much it frustrates them to have to be misgendered or called by the wrong name. Now, again, I certainly can't speak for trans people, but for me at least, people mindlessly misspelling my name or misgendering me touches on something deeper within me, kind of this fear of not being seen for who I am. Now, if you know me, you know I'm not someone who likes to be an attention seeker. I am far more introverted than I am extroverted, and I'm very comfortable just kind of sitting over in the corner, off in the shadows, mind you. But even then, I've come to realize that being seen, being recognized, is more important than I really initially expected, than I thought of myself. Back when I was in seminary, I was a hybrid student, meaning I spent most of my time taking classes online versus uh, and a few week-long modules where I drive down to campus. But doing education this way means I didn't, I, didn't I didn't get to interact a lot with the seminary professors or staff. And I also was, you know, working full-time, living a thousand miles away from the campus, working a combination of jobs. So uh, I, was, I was busy a lot of the times. Now, that didn't, make, that didn't mean that I didn't take uh, seminary very seriously or invest a lot of time into my schoolwork. Quite the opposite, in fact. Uh, 
I remember one professor who was absolutely shocked when I said, hey, I'd like some additional reading. She was a new professor, and she was like, oh my goodness, like, people told me that students might ask for new additional readings, but I never expected it to happen, and I was that person who asked for additional reading, uh, kind of that nerd. And the few online friends I had <laughs> in seminary actually teased me for my studious nature. And uh, Holly and Melanie, if you're watching this, I have not forgotten that teasing. <laughs> so I'll be honest, I found it discouraging when award season came each and every year and my name was never called. Now, obviously, Awards don't matter in the grand scheme of things. At least, at least in ministry and in churches, like no church is calling up a seminary. At least maybe, maybe they are. I don't know. I doubt churches are calling up my seminary asking for what awards I won or didn't win. And conversely, I don't think they're calling up seminaries asking to hire people based on what awards they did or did not win. Church members, I don't think, I don't think people in church care about what awards I won or didn't win in my education. But for me, at least, it kind of hit at a deeper fear. This fear of not being seen. And I think that's a fear that many, if not most of us, can relate to. I think deep down, everybody wants to be seen, to be known, to be appreciated. And when we're not seen and we're not noticed or not appreciated, it makes life just seem more alienating and isolating. I think that's what makes our current time and situation so hard. If you're like me, these past few weeks, you've been trying to apply for loans or apply for unemployment, get benefits, get tested, or just maintain your work requirements. And it's very easy to feel like you're simply a small and insignificant number that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I mean, what are we in the context of thousands ill, millions unemployed, and billions of dollars in spending? Just a number, a figure, a statistic. It can feel really easy. It can be really easy to feel like we don't matter. And that's a really terrifying place to be. No one looking after you, recognizing you, seeing you. It's eerily similar to what a woman found herself in many, many years ago. Early one Sunday morning, a woman came to the visit the graveside of her beloved mentor and teacher after her tragic, his tragic death. She had been part of the inner circle, and when his death came unexpectedly, and suddenly she rallied all her friends and colleagues to prepare and organize the funeral arrangements. From the cutting of the gravestone to the selection of the casket, she was she was intricately involved in the entire process. So when she arrived at the gravesite early that next morning, it was with shock and horror that she discovered that something was wrong. Where was the casket? 
the gravestone, it wasn't there. Was it moved? What, what is going on? And for her, grief turned to fear and confusion as she tries to make sense of the situation, her mind spinning with tears pouring down her face as she looks around for someone, for anyone who can tell her what is going on and what has happened to her beloved friend and mentor. Seeing a man mulling around in the distance, she runs over and in desperation cries out, Please, if you've moved the gravestone, please tell me where you've moved it to. The man turns and sees her, fearful and trembling and peering deeply into her eyes and into her soul. Says to her with great love and compassion, simply, Mary. Perhaps you recognize that story. It's a story of Mary Magdalene and John 20, the morning of the resurrection. Mary, seeking to come care for the dead body of Jesus, is horrified to discover that the body is missing. And desperately seeking an explanation, the person she runs to for help is Jesus, himself, but she doesn't recognize it. I mean, there, there's a sermon right there, but I'll leave that for another week. Let's go ahead and read the original story. I have my Bible here in John chapter 20. We read in the text the story of Mary Magdalene, starting in verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have moved, they have taken away my Lord, and do not know where they have taken him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned away, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbani, which means teacher. To me, as I read this story, I can't get packed past the fact that Jesus simply called her by name, Mary. I mean, that's all he said, Mary. Yet despite his, her fear, her confusion, her grief, despite that, somehow being called by name, by someone who loved and cared for her, was enough. There's something very powerful about being called by our name, of being seen, of being recognized, of being valued for who we are, no more and no less. I think deep down, this is all what we really want. Beyond the accolades, the awards, the recognition, we just want to be seen and recognized and loved for who we really are. 
And to me at least, that's what makes times like these so very hard. Like if you're like me, you're so busy taking care of, you're so busy taking care of you, I'm so busy taking care of me, I don't really have time to see you, you don't really have time to see me. And again, I'm not trying to cast blame. I think I'm just speaking reality, right? And when we combine these in the broader socioeconomic context, the turmoil taking place right now in our nation we can begin to feel really, really alone. This morning, I want you to know that God sees you and I see you. You're more than just another face in the crowd. In fact, she said that God loves you and cares about you so much that the very the very hairs on your head are numbered. In Luke 12, 7, Jesus says the very hairs of our head are numbered by God. Think about that for a moment. No, I don't know if God has a spreadsheet or a template or a checklist or some master file keeping track of every single hair on our heads. Right? And if it's, you know, the joke is for me, it's it's not as hard as some of y'all. I have less hair. But rather, the point is that God is so invested in you and in me that God knows when we've lost a hair. That's how invested God is in your life and my life. God wants you to know that God sees you and God loves you and you're not alone. And when we know that, that changes everything. Look, early that Easter morning, when Mary encountered the resurrected Jesus, nothing tangible had really changed. Her beloved Jesus had just been killed. His murderers were still on the loose, and her friends were very likely still in danger themselves. Nothing really, again, tangibly had changed. But when Jesus sees her, something changed within her. Mary Magdalene experienced a transformation of faith, I believe not because of an empty tomb, not because of what the angels had said, not even because she saw the risen Jesus. Rather, I think the moment of her transformation happened when Jesus called her by name and she heard his voice. Friends, the similarities to our current time and place are eerily familiar. Despite us celebrating the resurrection of Jesus weeks ago, the virus still threatens. Our finances are still in turmoil and our lives are just as disorganized and disheveled. But when you know you're not alone, when you know you can be who you are and love for who you are and that know that God is with you, well, that changes everything. So I want you to know, whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, that God is with you, God knows you, God loves you, and God sees you. Tom and Steve 
Nels and Suzanne, Aaron and Andy, Krista and Paul. God sees you. God loves you. Chelsea and Tyler, Vanessa and Dustin, Katrina and Sean, Ethan and Rachel. God sees you and loves you. Char and Tiffany, Diane and Charles, Megan and Chuck, Bill and Brianna. God sees you and God loves you. Tyler, Rick, Sherry, Demisa, John. God sees you. God loves you. Whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, know that you're not alone. God sees you and God is with you. We, we are not alone. God looks at us in our moments of despair. He says, Lauren, I see you. Paul, I see you. Mary, I see you. And I love you. And when we know that, that changes everything. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you see us and you know us for who we are. You'll never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast. You can watch our weekly services on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And to learn more about joining a group or serving with us, visit our website at mgthornton.org.